He's a native Texan, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get Matt Long, and this is the Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you on another uh, beautiful uh, winter morning in the hill country of Texas. I thought I heard it was going to be 70 today. So there you go. It was certainly uh, warm enough this morning when I stepped out. I was almost thinking, man, I could have wore shorts today. Um, so, uh, got a lot of things, uh, on the program today. Uh, we got Luke Macias is going to be calling in at the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk about judges races for a bit. Um, and, uh, just, uh, also it's day two of Lent and I'm going to spend a little bit of time on that today, but first we've got a lot of important things for your calendar. In fact, these are things that are going on today all over the hill country today. Um, at one o'clock, well, let's start at 1230 at 1230 today over at the Altos de Jalisco in Fredericksburg. Um, that's over there on the uh, east end of town, um, on main street is the, uh, third, the regular monthly meeting of the second amendment focus group of the Fredericksburg tea party. And that'll be at 1230 today at Altos de Jalisco. Go meet Mike Belsick, find out what's going on um, in the Second Amendment arena, not only in the state, but around the country. So that is today at 1230. Now, in Kerrville today at 1 o'clock at the Museum of Western Art, we're going to have Sid Miller and Wes Verdell are going to be there. This is an event out there that is uh, for uh, 4-H and FFA and, and programs along that line. And, of course, Sid Miller is the agriculture commissioner for the state of Texas. And so that is uh, very appropriate. And uh, Wes Verdell is going to be there with him as well. So that's a really good opportunity to uh, meet Wes if you want to. And that's at one o'clock today at the Museum of Western Art. Then at six o'clock tonight, back in Kerrville at Buzzies is going to be the Hill Country Preppers. And uh, they have uh, the beekeepers over there today. Uh, the bees at Buzzies tonight at 6 o'clock. Remember, Buzzies is not uh, open for dinner anymore. And so if you want to eat Buzzies, then you need to go in uh, before they close during the lunch hour and then uh, get them to brown bag you your supper. There you go, your dinner. And uh, then you can bring it back and eat it there or eat before but whatever you do, make sure you're grateful and uh, thank uh, the folks at Buzzies for making this room and making their facility available, even though they are not open for business. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. To um, We're not open for business, but I'll come back and unlock the door and hang out and then lock it up when you leave. And uh, so that's a big deal. So we want to be grateful to those people. It's kind of like supporting those who support us. And I talk about that, the uh, folks who uh, pay for commercials on this uh, during this hour are paying for me to be on the air. And if uh, people don't uh, support those businesses, they'll stop buying ads and 
Well, next thing you know, we're all gone, and all you'll have left is NPR. So there you go. That ought to be enough of a threat, you know? So support those who support us, and that includes Buzzy's Barbecue, who uh, supports so many good groups uh, around the uh, in, in the Hill Country area and allows them to use his facilities. All right, let's get on to the big one at 630. This is a big deal for candidates in Kerrville and Kerr County absolutely a huge deal. This is your opportunity to really find out what it means to be a true conservative candidate. Who are the people you looking at that are true conservatives that are in Kerr County and in Kerrville? And so that's going to be tonight at 630. And that is going to be at the YO Conference Center, the YO Conference Center, there on um, Sydney Baker, and uh, you know it's right there. Like Harley says, it's at the right there at the intersection, of the Poop Loop, and uh, going down um, Sydney Baker, you can't miss it. I remember the January of '99 when I moved into the Hill Country, and the first time I went down to um, uh, Kerrville, uh, I saw the Yo, and I just thought that was. Just a fascinating name for a hotel. Never even crossed my mind that it was a brand, the Y-O brand. And so to me, it was just the Yo. So there we go. At the Y-O Conference Center, 630 tonight, a candidate forum. Luke Macias is going to be the uh, hosting that. And uh, Luke is an amazing guy. We spoke this morning. Uh, we spoke a couple of days ago and then this morning again. And uh, he's going to be calling in at the bottom of the hour and so you want to make sure and stay tuned for that uh, to get an idea from Luke uh, about what this evening is going to look like. So real excited about that. Now, going out further on your candidate, on the 19th, the day before early voting starts, and by the way, you may have mentioned that I don't talk about early voting very much because I really don't think it's a good idea to early vote. Um, so, but, uh, Monday night at uh, six o'clock at faith Christian church in Kerrville, the hill country Patriots, uh, will be meeting. No, I'm sorry there. I have a hill country. They are the Kerr County Patriots. I need to change that on my notes. I bet I said it wrong yesterday. So, uh, the Kerr County Patriots are going to be meeting on Monday at six o'clock. And yes, who's going to be their guest? You got it primary candidates. This is so important. I am seeing more primary uh, candidate opportunities in the Hill Country. I'm, I'm, uh, my memory is bad, but it's not that bad. <laughs> okay. It's not as bad as our, uh, our uh, imposter in chief. Um, but I don't remember there being this many forums. In fact, I remember there being quite a bit of a nasty uh, uproar when the Fredericksburg Tea Party about 10 years ago decided to have a candidate for him and Lord have mercy you'd have thought the sky was falling oh we already have two candidate forums that's what I was told we already have two candidate forums there's no point in a third one. Oh my goodness how have changed how have things changed since then right I mean listen I got it from all sides when we planned that forum in fact I had people say, we're not even going to bother coming because we don't need your votes. I mean, that's what they said. One guy said, uh, as long as my family and friends are voting for me, 
I, I, he says, I'm going to win with just my family and friends. And he was absolutely right. He didn't show up and he won. He got that seat by about 25 votes over the next person. Um, those days are long gone. If you're a candidate now, you better be participating in all the forums. And I cannot, it's been mind blowing how many forums have been in Gillespie County and thank you to the Republican club for finally, finally, for the Republicans in Gillespie County, finally stepping up and doing what they ought to be doing, and uh, that is uh, bringing candidates to you. And that's that's the first time I've seen that. I got here in 99. That's the first time I am seeing this many forums during the primary. So there you go. Attend these forums. Get to know your candidates. Uh, I still have more interviews coming up with different candidates. In fact, I have two scheduled this afternoon to interview. So um, you're going to be hearing those. Yes, even past early voting. I'm, I'm going to be uh, getting more candidates on the air. All right, a couple of things for uh, your calendar here uh, to save the date, uh, March 4th through the March 8th, the week of uh, vote of voting, um, or the Tuesday, the, the week of the Tuesday official election day. <laughs> Let's get it all confusing. Um, there's going to be a book fair in Fredericksburg, and not those, not your, not your basic old nasty book fair like Scholastic or any of those where they're now introducing all the LGBTQ plus um, uh, LMNOP. Ay, ay, ay. I just get even tired of saying that. Not those books. These are the good books. And so we're going to give you more details on that as time uh, approaches. May 18th, No Time to Run, a free showing of an amazing film called uh, No Time to Run. And uh, Ben Franklin is going to be in town on stage uh, for his first appearance in the Hill Country. So we're looking forward to seeing Ben Franklin on May 18th, and maybe George Washington might be there with Ben. Not too sure. We're still working on that. But speaking of Ben Franklin, we're going to give you some words of wisdom right now from Ben Franklin, and this is from the 1734 uh, Poor Richard's Almanac. And Ben says, a good man is seldom uneasy. A good man is seldom uneasy. An ill one, never easy. A good man is rarely uneasy, and a bad man is never easy. All right, folks, uh, y'all stay tuned, and uh, we'll take a short break, and we'll be right back. Protecting Texas for future generations. Matt Long on the Hill Country Patriot. The Hill Country Patriot. All right, we are back. Thank you so much for sticking around and staying tuned. You're listening to the Hill Country Patriot, your information station. And uh, right now I have on the line with me one of the uh, reasons that I am able to come to you every morning and talk to you is because of advertisers like Jody Gould and the Tejas Smoke Depot. Good morning, Jody. Good morning, Matt. How are you today? I'm telling you, it is good. It is good. It's the middle of February, and it's going to be, what, 70 degrees today? I know. It's going to be a beautiful day. It's going to be a bittersweet day, Matt, 
we uh, we're uh, having to say goodbye to our favorite employee, long time. She's been with us for three years, and she's flying out to a new beginning to start a new destination in her life. And um, it's like I said, a little bittersweet because we're going to miss her dearly. And so I um, just wanted to uh, mention that. And she's standing right here, and I was going to have her say hi and bye. Would that be okay? Go ahead. Yes. Okay. Here you go, Danielle. Hey, Matt. Hi, Danielle. We're going to miss you, girl, and uh, you've done a great job for Jody, and we wish you only the best in your future endeavors, whatever those may be. I surely appreciate that. I just want to say thank you to all my customers out there. Special shout-out to Grover and Michael and Scout and Jerry. I just really appreciate y'all. Y'all have been awesome customers. Matt, you've been great to the company. I just want to say thank you to everybody, and I will miss you so much, and goodbye. All right. Bye-bye, Danielle. Take care. All right, Matt. Thank you for letting us do that. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk cigars. Let's talk cigars and what the Tejas Smoke Depot carries for all your customers. Okay, well, you know, we have a uh, about a 500-square-foot walk-in humidor, and we carry about 50 different lines of cigars with several styles in each line. And as you know, we do a um, special weekly, and this week we're going to put the Corlins on sale. Um, because we have a very large selection of those. We, they come in three different uh, shades, a Maduro, a Natural, and a, um, a the, the blonde shade. And there's several different styles in those different wraps. And they're a Nicaraguan cigar and a value price. So it's a good one. They have a rating of like 92 in Smoke Magazine. So... Um, yeah, stop by and try out one of those cigars that are on special. If you're looking for something to smoke, I think that's a good one. We also, of course, carry cigarettes, roll your own tobacco, snuff, chews, all the accessories that go along with um, tobacco, all your tobacco needs. And uh, oh, I'm, a little, <laughs> I'm a little preoccupied. I'm, I'm saying goodbye to my, my dear friends, and it's got my head not focused. <laughs> well, Jody, each week, one of the things we do on here is we have a phrase that pays, and that gives you an instant discount when you go in and uh, then also get your name in the hat for a monthly drawing, which we do on the first Thursday of every month. So, uh, what, Jody, what is the um, phrase that pays for this week? Today's phrase, uh, this week's phrase that pays is every new beginning comes with another beginning's end. All right, you better repeat that one. Every new beginning comes with another beginning's end. With right. other beginning's end. <laughs> ah, there you go. Okay, I'm following it now. All right, so if you go in and tell them that phrase, and you heard Jody on the radio, and today uh, go in and say, uh, give your thanks to Danielle. I think she's going to be there today. I really don't know. We'll ask Jody again here in the minute. But, um, uh, the folks, this, uh, the Taos Smoke Depot is on the west end of Fredericksburg. And if you're on Main Street and you're, you head west on Main Street, you get to Y at the end of town. Bear to the left. It's a statement I rarely make on this program. Bear to the left. And then a wee bit down again on the left, you'll see the Tejas Smoke Depot. And remember, if you have kids in the truck, 
just make a counterclockwise circle around the building and uh, pull up to the window there and someone will stick their head out and get you whatever you need, your tobacco needs and maybe a Dr. Pepper or a Ding Dong and a Ho-Ho for the kids. But uh, the um, that is uh, the Tejas Smoke Depot on the west end of Main Street in Fredericksburg. Jody, give us your hours and uh, maybe and tell us what other products you carry besides tobacco products. Well, we're open 8 to 8 Monday through Friday, 9 to 7 on Saturdays, and closed on Sundays. And we carry a, a, a large selection of um, wine and beer and uh, snack items and sodas and you know, a little bit of convenience store items, sunglasses, bandanas, Trump hats. <laughs> Um, and just a a variety of different things and of course all the accessories like I said that go along with tobacco use and um, vape products I don't know if I mentioned that before and to let you know yes Danielle is leaving today she's going to be in the air in a couple hours heading to a new on a new adventure Okay, well, folks, you missed your opportunity to say goodbye to Danielle, but we heard her uh, speak to everybody, all the wonderful customers there, and we wish her the very best. Um, did we miss anything, uh, Jody? Mm, I don't think so. Like I said, maybe next week I'll have it together together a little better. <laughs> I've been a little preoccupied today. Well, you sound great as usual, and so go ahead and uh, thank you for calling in this morning. And uh, and and uh, yeah, big hugs to Danielle and uh, safe travels for her. And we'll talk to you. Um, we'll talk to you next time we see you, Jody. Sounds good, Matt. Thank you. Have a great day. Okay. All right, folks. Um, we're going to uh, go ahead and take a short break. I want you to think about something because I'm going to ask Luke about this here in a minute. The um, voting for judges, that has always been the one that's a mystery to me. You know, you, your county commissioners come around and your, your, uh, uh, you know, the sheriff's candidates come around and you see a lot of those attorneys, for me personally, attorneys always seem to be a little bit hard to, I don't know, vet. Um, they just, uh, most of us don't even know what questions to ask an attorney, someone who's running for district attorney or for a county attorney or even uh, the, some of the judges' positions. And so I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask uh, Luke Macias about the judges here. And uh, But uh, we're going to take a short break right now, and we'll be right back. Y'all stick around. Rhinos hate him. I'm out. Come out wherever you are. He's Matt Log on the Hill Country Patriot. Right, we are back, and um, the uh, when we get Luke on the line here in a minute, uh, we want to talk to him about judges and why judges. Well, first of all, our our judges in Texas are are elected and uh, being held accountable. Um, I was uh, I happen to personally know John Devine, who is running uh, for to keep his seat on the Supreme Court of Texas. 
and I know uh, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Divine and his wife Nubia. I've probably I'm trying to think when I first met them. It was Kyle Biederman's first term in office when I met them and uh, have uh, had lunch with them up here in the Hill Country. Um, every time I see Nubia, that is John Devine's wife, we have big hugs. Um, they're good, good people, real down-to-earth person, and um, he is up for re-election. And there's been some junk out there about him. Folks, take a serious look at those stories. Go ahead and read them. Go ahead and read them, but read all the way through and make your own make your own judgment. Don't uh, don't fall for the the line that the writer of the article is trying to give you. Um, but uh, it, it, there's some real silly uh, uh, trash out there about Judge Divine, and the reason being, he is absolutely probably the most conservative on the Texas Supreme Court, and so he is someone where I'm proud to know. Proud to know his family, and uh, I absolutely 100% endorse John Devine, as does the Fredericksburg Tea Party. I can't tell you how many of the conservative groups around the state are endorsing uh, Mr. Devine for the Supreme Court uh, position, and so that is um, that. That's an important one. There are other judges going as well that are going to be up for election. You're going to get a flyer in your mail in Gillespie County here not too long from now, uh, maybe by the end of the week, or no, that's tomorrow, um, uh, early next week, uh, with uh, recommendations for judges. And I want you to pay attention to that flyer. Um, I have a little tiny job in help putting that flyer together, and so I I stand with that flyer when you get it in your mail. Um, I do want to go ahead and speak about something right now. This is uh, this is a for pastors, for the uh, folks who have pastoral duties at your church. And you know, honestly, I think that's pretty wide. If you're if you're a greeter at church, I, I consider that a, a pastoral duty. Um, if you're a, uh, the music director or the, whatever they call the band leaders these days at the, the churches, um, you, if you have a pastoral position, if you're in, not, no, we're not talking about a job, but a pastoral, uh, you, you, you do things for the church. Um, and then also this, uh, event, if you can bring a pastor to this event, you can get in too. So what I'm trying to tell you is this is not an open-to-the-public meeting. It's going to take place on March, okay, I had it, here it is, on March 13th, March 13th, from 9 to 11 in the morning over in Fredericksburg. Um, they're going to have some amazing pastors speaking to pastors, um, and this is an organization called Remnant Alliance. And it is actually, when I started, when I got the flyer and heard about it and started doing some uh, research on this organization, I know some of the people that are engaged and involved with them, so I began with a little bit of trust. I know Rick Scarborough. I know Rick Green, and I've seen their names on, on uh, uh, have seen them around and uh, know both of them. And so when I saw their uh, names on this event, it was like, okay, all right, I'll, I'm going to do a little bit more digging. 
And uh, so when I saw this event, it's going around the state of Texas. I called them up and I said, can we bring this to Fredericksburg? And uh, it took us a few days to work it out. And I spoke with uh, Pastor Jimmy Pruitt at Bridge, and he said he would be glad to uh, help us uh, get this uh, program into Fredericksburg. And so I'll just read you the flyer here. It says, Empowering Local Engagement for God's Kingdom, Igniting Pastors into Action. And it says, Join us as we embark on a journey to inspire pastors to take action. Success comes when pastors realize their responsibility to engage their church to uphold God's kingdom and oppose evil in our communities. Here you will learn the simple yet effective steps that pastors and churches can take to get involved and understand that local engagement, did you hear that? Local. Local engagement is more accessible than you may think. It says the Remnant Alliance has developed a tangible step-by-step plan aimed at transforming churches into hubs of local light and action for God's purpose in every community of every community of our nation. And uh, this is a two-hour event. These guys do three of these a day. When they, when they schedule like two, uh, two or three days in a row with three of these events today uh, per day, Yes, per day they have a, a nine to eleven, and then they have a um, they have another one that's like two to three, something like that, in in another city, in another town, and they'll hop in the plane and head over to the another one, and then they have another one in the evening in another place in Texas, and so that is um, there. Uh, this is going to be an amazing event. I'm very excited about it. If you want more details, you will have to register for it, and you will have to kind of make your claim as to whether you're a pastor or have uh, pastoral uh, duties or if you are bringing a pastor. So um, I'm going to have that information up and available to you. I don't know where yet, um, but I will have it for you. But the best thing you can do is that if you know a pastor, and listen, I know a lot of listeners who have pastoral duties because they call me regularly, and I love visiting with them. And they're engaged in their local churches, and they may not be pastors, but they're engaged, and they, they know the pastors well. And so this is a very serious call to those of you who know a pastor who work in a church and 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 uh, and and know your pastor well. Here, this is two hours. I mean, it's not a full day. It's nothing. It's two hours. Doesn't cost you a penny, and uh, you're going to be able to hear. They're calling it a blitz. All right, <laughs> a blitz. They're coming in. They're going to blitz your pastors and um, the speakers we have lined up for the event in Fredericksburg is, uh, well, Rick Green, our new neighbor out here in the whole country, the founder of Patriot Academy, as well as Pastor Rick Scarborough. He's the founder of Recovery America. And then, uh, fella, I'm not familiar with this one, but I know, um, I know about the concept. His name is K. Carl Smith. And uh, he is uh, uh, part of the Frederick Douglass Engagement Strategy. And then also Steve Maxwell. He is the co-founder of Citizens 
defending freedom. And so this is all going to take place during the day on March 13th. And I believe, hold on, I'm looking at my calendar. That is a Wednesday, March 13th in the morning. And uh, these guys are going to be in Fredericksburg for pastors and people with pastoral duties. We've got to get our churches engaged. And uh, we probably should get our churches engaged in electing judges, in electing judges. That's very interesting in Texas that we do that. In fact, um, across the country, there are people that, well, if you elect your judges, then they're just going to be bound to, uh, to whoever voted them or whoever gave them the most money. And what are they going to do when this, you know, group comes up in front of their court, et cetera, et cetera. But the issue is with if your judges are, are not elected, where's the accountability? Where is the accountability if your judges are not elected? You know, it's the same issue I'm seeing with the uh, election officer over in uh, Fredericksburg, not elected. Jim Riley was not elected to that position. He was hired to that position he doesn't know anybody, anything except the people who hired him. And, um, he has no reason to be transparent or open about anything because there's no accountability. He cannot be, he cannot be outvoted out next time around. And I think that position should be absolutely an elected position and not just into the hands of whoever happens to be the judge or the commissioners at the time. Or I'm not even sure that this hiring of uh, Riley, even I, I'm not even sure how many of those steps it went through. But he is very, he is being very uh, dishonest about um, about the um, electronic uh, com, uh, com, uh, the electronic voting machines, which we did manage to get rid of this uh, in the primary for the Republican primary, and uh, go into hand counting. Um, every time he's had any kind of uh, training for the clerks, he's uh, managed to badmouth those who are pushing for hand counting and uh, those uh, machine deniers, I guess. You know, that, I guess that's what you'd call me. Um, a, a, a voting machine made in China that we can't open and that they tell us is not, <laughs> not uh, connected to the Internet. And then they tell you at the same time, they'll say, oh, yeah, once all the data is in there, then we can... They, then it gets sent off to the what? Yeah, what, what? What? How does it get sent off? All right, it's put on a thumb drive. Oh, nothing can go wrong there, All right? Transferring a thumb drive. Can you imagine that? Putting that next to your, you know, your magnet uh, collection on your refrigerator and see what happens to that thumb drive. All those records of all those people voting just kind of scooting away, disappearing into thin air. I don't know if it's possible to do that. But I do know that when we have a paper ballot and that when we hand count these paper ballots um, and I have I have um, I have helped in the uh, not helped. I'm going to say I went to the classes for hand counting and I have attended the uh, those classes and I'm very, very excited to help uh, hand count on Election Day. It is amazingly simple. It is amazingly accurate. 
It self-checks, and I know that sounds weird, but until you've seen it in action, it self-checks on every single vote. It double-checks. This system double-checks every single vote. One of the reasons I know that is because when we were in practice um, uh, learning in class how to do this, just for the fun of it and with and without permission from anyone, I decided to toss in a bad number and see what would happen. And boom, the whole thing stopped. And everybody looked at me. And one of the trainers who was standing at our table kind of looked at me like, Matt, you know that's not the right number. You're saying it's 13, not 14. And, and uh, I said, yeah, I knew exactly what I was doing. And I did that on purpose to see if this system works. And, man, it did. No, no sooner did I say 14 when I should have said 13 did three people stop and say, no, uh, 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 wait, stop, stop. And everything stopped. And then we had to take a look at why I called out 14 instead of 13. So that it double checks. That's just one small example of how it double checks. Not only does it double check at each vote, it double checks at the end of every 50 votes. We work in bundles of 50. You get on a team. Um, Folks, if you have not got engaged yet, if you are not part of this hand count in Gillespie County. Um, I, you're, I, I, I don't know. They, they need you. They need you. Go to FredericksburgTeaParty.org and uh, find the uh, tab there that will lead you to elections. And uh, volunteer. Get in touch. There's still time to be trained. They do not count the early ballots until election day. All right? So here's what happens all your early ballots get stored away and locked away. And then on election day, on election day, then that Tuesday, then there's two, two countings that are going to be going on. In one central location, which I do not know where it is yet, um, but I will be told I've heard different places they're trying, but they're going to um, start the counting of early ballots in that one location. They need as many people as they can get in there to count those early ballots. If you get those, if you have enough teams in there getting the early ballots counted, then you probably would be able to then go to the uh, precinct where you've been assigned to go to and count the ballots there. Now, they're allowed to count the ballots, and this is Texas law, Texas law. All right, uh, chapter 65 is one of the chapters, however, and everybody just says chapter 65. There are a number of other chapters that apply to this, um, and uh, but chapter, chapter 65 talks about hand counting. And one of the laws it says is that on election day, if you're hand counting on election day, you need to wait until after an hour of the, after the polls have been open for an hour. So no counting in the first hour. And then you need 10 ballots in the ballot box to start counting. All right. So you have to wait an hour and hopefully you've got 10 ballots in your precinct by then. And you can pull those ballots out right then and start counting them right then and start counting them. So basically what you can be doing is sitting there, and folks, you've all been in on election day. This isn't Houston. We don't have lines out the door. In fact, you know, it's just interesting I said this isn't Houston because 
we got folks in the, the hill country from Houston who think we ought to do everything the way they do things in Houston. I got a good idea for you. If you like the way they do things in Houston, take your happy butt back to Houston. <laughs> All right. Um, but, um, yes, the, you can count all day and on election day. So you've got, uh, two groups. You've got a group that are counting, uh, the early votes and they're counting them on Tuesday. And then you have, uh, in the precincts, you have groups that are counting votes on the, uh, on election day. Now I understand that even though the law says and the rules state that you may begin counting those ballots an hour after um, the polls open, along with 10 ballots in the ballot box, I understand there's at least one, if not more, um, precinct chairs. Now, these are the people who run the precinct election are saying, well, we're not going to count them until the end of the day because word might get out on the count. First of all, to the precinct chairs who are saying that, it is severely against the law to get the word out about the early ballots. That's against the law. It is absolutely 100% against the law. And everybody that signs up to count those votes is going to have to sign a little thing that says, yeah, we know the laws, we're here, right? Um, and so the uh, this precinct chair or chairs who are, are suggesting this they don't trust the people who are counting ballots. So I want you to think about that. When you go into that, if that's your precinct and that precinct chair says, we're not going to count the ballots until the, till the, um, till everything's over, till the polls close, that is a precinct chair that does not trust you at all. They do not trust you. In fact, they're assuming that if you start counting early, that you'll go out and call all your friends and tell them how the vote's going. In other words, that precinct chair does not trust you, does not trust the law, does not trust the system. And if you've got, if you end up in a precinct where that is the case, you need to do everything you can to get that captain out, that precinct chair out. Because if they don't trust you, someone doesn't trust me. I got no reason to trust them. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. That may not be biblical, but if someone doesn't trust me, I, I'm not putting any trust in them at all. And so we apparently have precinct chairs who don't want to play ball in Kirk, in uh, Gillespie County. Uh, they don't want to go along with the law. They don't want to go along with the decision that was made by the, um, by the folks there, um, by the rest of the county executive committee. And uh, they're just going to play by their own rules and do their own thing because they know better. Um, you need to watch out for those people and you need to get them the heck out of your party. So there you go. We're going to take a short break. And when I get back, I'm going to talk a little bit about Lent. Y'all stay tuned. Skirmishes in his time. Matt Laud on the Hill Country Patriot. All right, folks, we are back. Thank you so much for uh, sticking around. Um, before I get to Lent, um, the Lent reading for today, I want to give you a little bit of a homework assignment, if you want to call it that. 
Um, we've talked about the flyers that have come out uh, that uh, uh, Representative Troxclair um, has been uh, uh, sending into your mailboxes. And uh, one of the things I first noticed is that I have yet to see a flyer in my mailbox. Now, I, I'm not saying it didn't exist, or I'm saying that someone else didn't get it, um, but I have yet to see a flyer in my mailbox that when you go down and find out who it is paid for by, I have yet to see one that is actually paid for by Ellen Troxclair. They're all from someone else. All right, the, someone else is paying for them. And then here's the interesting thing that says at the bottom. Are you ready? It says this political advertisement is paid for by, and it has who this is. And then it says, you ready? Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. Wow. So basically, and we have run into this in several elections, um, and um, actually two years ago, a candidate I was very much in favor of. Uh, I got a flyer in my box, and I had to call the candidate and say, "Are you kidding me? You, 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 this is on your flyer." And the candidate said, "Matt, I, I, that is another organization that paid for that flyer, and that, that's what they wanted on it. And and I, I, I can't turn down free advertising and free money." So what they're basically telling you is, if you get someone else to send out your flyer. They can say anything they want to about you, about your record, good, bad, or otherwise. And um, if it's not true, um, it, it, the, uh, the, the candidate just says, you know, yeah, I didn't put that out. What, what am I going to do? They, di they didn't ask me about that. They just like me, and they wanted to send it out. Um, so need you to do homework. Here's your homework. When it says a political advertisement is paid for buy and it's not the candidate start doing some digging on who's actually paying for that i'm going to get into that more um as here in the next few days um in fact maybe you can give it get into it tomorrow but i'm going to bring you uh the reading of day two of lent and i learned man i'm learning so much more you heard my embarrassing story yesterday about um my boss one of my first bosses and uh comment I made to him on Ash Wednesday. Very, very embarrassing. I, I hope you didn't think I was bragging about that. That was a very embarrassing moment uh, for me, and um, and but I had to pass it on because that gives you a little bit of my background. So Lent begins on Ash Wednesday. Now, this is from my friend uh, Mike Sublett, who grew up in the very same tradition that I did, and uh, he's going to talk about that here in a second. He says, Lent begins on Ash Wednesday each year exactly 40 days before Easter, not counting the Sundays. I didn't know that. I didn't know that till I read that this morning. I always knew it was 40 days before Easter. I guess I never got a calendar out and counted, but you don't count Sundays. It's 46 days before Easter counting Sundays. And it's not just a Catholic observance. And that's what I said yesterday. That's the way it was in my tradition. Mike says it is a Christian observance. More specifically, it is a season of repentance, a special time to draw near to God with a humble heart, a chosen time to meditate on the sacrificial price paid by Jesus for our sins. Most notably, it is accompanied by the giving up of something that is good and that the believer has the perfect right to, 
so that they may focus on the sacrifices and sufferings of Jesus even more intensely than usual. The giving up, and here was something else that was new to me, the giving up is normally for the 40 days of repentance, not for the six Sundays. Hmm. I I had no idea. So if I give up chocolate on the six Sundays, I can have a chocolate. I'm I'm just not, um, I, again, my apologies for not understanding all of this, but I'm studying and doing myself, doing the best I can to learn more about these things. So yesterday was day one, and uh, we read about the cult on Ash Wednesday, and 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 it was just not a donkey, but it was a special. It was uh, it was a special donkey. Um, I did not read the uh, the devotional and prayer that goes along with that. I can still get you a copy of this book if you want. Um, I got one for someone a couple of weeks ago, and hopefully they've received it by now and uh, are participating and reading along with uh, the Lent. So here we go. Day two, Thursday, palm leaves. Now, this whole Lent, we're going to be reading from the Gospels interwoven. So that's where they take each of the four Gospels, and they take the, the, the stories, the, the events, uh, how they're recorded in each Gospel, and they kind of run them all together. So it's one big gospel with all of them put together. So this is, um, these scriptures are from Matthew 21, Mark 11, Luke 19, and John 12. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him, that they had done these things and that they had done these things to him. The great crowd that had come from the feast heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead and continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had given his miraculous sign, went out to meet him. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road while others cut palm branches from the trees in the fields and spread them on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples that went ahead of him and those that followed began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen, shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Hosanna in the highest. I always wondered about the palm branches, now uh, the palm leaves, um, and uh, Mike goes on in this um, uh, devotional uh, he talks about the uh, palm leaves, and, and uh, they, they're not gold or silver or even brightly colored cloth, but the palm leaf was something that a poor man could do as a sign of honor. So when lowly people wanted to honor someone, palm leaves were waved and placed on the ground in front of them. Why palm leaves? Because it was something even the poorest could acquire something common. Odd, isn't it, that something so common would be used to honor the most unique one 
that ever lived. What that I could choose each day to view myself as the Lord's palm leaf. All too often I see myself as someone special and unique and therefore concluding that I am worthy of great consideration. In those moments, I'm usually overcome with pride and I forget that nothing good lies around the corner when pride leads the way. So on this second day of Lent, I choose with the Lord's help to focus on my commonness so that humility will be my traveling companion. Folks, y'all stay tuned for Lorraine and um, we will uh, see you back in here manana and... uh, I have guests lined up for tomorrow. Let's hope they make it. <laughs>